It's Friday again. It's another episode of FinTech Fridays. I'm Brian View, President and COO of FinLocker, and with me is Kristen Messerly with Experience.com. And I think uh, everybody knows Kristen. You 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 do the uh, podcast and conference circuit, uh, and I'm super excited to have you on uh, my little show this week. Thanks for joining. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So we we've got all kinds of uh, things to talk about, none of which we planned, which is the fun of this, uh, this particular talk. But uh, I'd like to start every episode asking my guests just to tell the audience uh, what the term fintech means to you kind of in the context of your work and personal life. Yeah, that's uh, fintech means to me. I mean, fintech to me is all about technology, you know, the merge of technology and finance and how do we use technology to improve financial services. Um, and to me personally, it, I think it comes down to that, like, how am I personally contributing to improving financial services by leveraging technology? So I know this is a, a, a this is near and dear to your heart in terms of uh, financial literacy and, and financial inclusion. And so kind of taking your definition there of, of fintech and maybe pulling it a little bit deeper, uh, what are you seeing kind of in, in the mortgage space specifically uh, from a tech perspective as it relates to, you know, empowering consumers, both from a literacy perspective, but also a, a fitness and, um, you know, readiness perspective? I would say one, not enough. I, I obviously love what you guys are doing. And I think that We've, we've come to such an incredible place in terms of technology and the way that we empower consumers today. Um, I think that's the, you know, that's a trend and it's an exciting trend where we put consumers at the center of the transaction where consumers want to be empowered to make smart decisions for themselves. And we have some of that going in financial services, but really I think we're so far behind from where we need to be. So I think um, the two areas that I always talk about when it comes to FinTech is uh, empathy. So really understanding the customer and putting their, their diverse needs um, first and understanding those. And then secondly is empowerment and how, how you put the consumer at the center of that transaction so that they can make the decisions for themselves. And so when, when you, when you say we're not doing enough, I want to just kind of poke a little bit at that. Um, Cause I agree with you. I think, you know, there's, there's folks out there, there's companies out there that are working on or building some, some solutions, but at the end of the day in mortgage, it, it has to be um, whatever is built and created has to be embraced by the folks that are facing off with the consumer at the point of sale. And it feels, it feels like for my seat anyway, there's uh, there's a resistance, you know, at the street level, the loan officer level, which is where a lot of the engagement's happening with consumers. Do you see a, a similar kind of challenge there? And, and um, if so, how how do how do as an industry, as as uh, as an enterprise, as a company, as a lender, how do you start to address that with with that gap? And if you don't see it, I'd be curious what you are seeing that's kind of holding us back. Yeah, no, I definitely think that in 
you know, there's so many different areas we could go with this, but one, even outside of mortgage, there's so many different apps addressing different problems and it's really hard to pull them all together, which again is why I'm a big fan of you guys. Um, but you think about as a consumer, not, not even thinking about mortgage or the industry at all as a consumer, when I think about getting my finances in order, I am inundated with a million different apps that solve a million different things. And, yeah. you know, there's a lot of really cool stuff happening in the space. And I, as soon as I start digging into it, I'm like, uh, it's just, it's a lot. And it, and does it, it, none of it connects in, in a lot of ways, you know, I mean, we've started the connections with our bank account and of course, like with mint being the first of that whole movement. And that was a long time ago. I I just, I can't believe we haven't (laughs) really progressed that much further. And, um, it, it feels like so. And then when it comes to the mortgage industry in particular, yeah, you're right. The, I mean, the industry is still making the call, which, you know, understandably there's a lot of regulatory requirements and loan officers need to have like really have a lot of things catering their needs, but we are, I think what we'll see in the future, and this is something I talked about with Dave Savage, he, he was talking about how there um, we're going to see less, um, like more single sign on, like everything's going to yeah. integrate with each other, you know? And I think that's absolutely true from both a consumer app perspective and in the industry where things will start to come together more. Um, but right now, yeah, it's, it's hard to get loan officers to buy into something that's really good for the consumer. They want that, but there's a million other things they have to get done too. And um, so, you know, we work with mortgage companies all the time and banks on rolling out technology and there's only so much time, you know, and money and resources to roll out a technology. So if you need to update your LOS, that's going to be a six month project, you know, and yeah, that's fast. <laughs> yeah, everything else has to get pushed. And if you want to roll out experience.com doesn't take very much time, but it's still an initiative that you have to think about and, and prioritize. And, uh, Sierra, like, so there's all these things that are like foundational. Um, yeah. and then we can start talking about, all right, how do we really do outreach to the consumer. And I think that a lot of these things should and could be done simultaneously. Um, like experience.com, Finlocker, these types of things are not things that require, I think all the loan officers to be, I don't know, but there's a lot of automation involved there, but I think that we need to, we need, um, more alignment across, across departments and buy-in from everyone to make it happen. So one of the, one of the, perspectives I, I kind of have around, uh, you know, mortgage tech specifically, having spent my entire, you know, adult life for the most part in mortgage originations, and then the last few years in, in the tech side supporting originations. Um, at, while I was at a lender, I was, you know, part of the problem because I suffered from shiny object syndrome, <laughs> you know, so you, you see something cool that somebody demos and you're like, I want to do that. Let's do that. And you, you start kind of chasing that down. And, and to your point, uh, there's, there needs to be, in my opinion, there needs to be more thought around not just the tech stack in particular, but the consumer experience across that tech. And, and then the, user experience and the user could be a loan officer it could be a processor back office again across the stack and and you can't do them in isolation right because the consumer experience may impact the loan officer experience and vice versa and 
um, and, it, and it feels like, you know, now that I sit on the vendor side, the tech side, it's, it is harder to, we, we like to think, you know, to the right and to the left and who do we need to be logically partnering with so that our tech can be more seamlessly implemented. And, you know, there's some cooperation, but there's, there's not a lot across that, that spectrum. And it's not, I don't think it's a lack of interest in cooperating. I think it's a, a lack of resources and so many other priorities. Mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm guessing in your new role at experience.com, you kind of see that as well. Yeah, definitely. It's funny because I, on, in my role, cultural outreach and as an independent consultant, you know, I was, I was working with the, in a different capacity. And so I was helping companies adopt technology and prioritize and all that kind of stuff. So, um, or map out their, their strategy. But now with me being on the vendor side as well, I'm like, um, why aren't they calling me back? Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's, just been, it's been so funny. My reps are like, yeah, yeah welcome to the life. Yeah. But, um, but it, I realized like, oh yeah, I just, you know, people have so much that they have to figure out how to prioritize and they're not going to strategize on that with a vendor that I'm trying to get them to prioritize me, you know, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah, it's, um, it's really interesting being on the other side of that. It is. Uh, it's, uh, it's not easy <laughs> at all. Let's, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about experience.com. I love, I loved, uh, I've, I've kind of been following the platform from its, you know, early social survey days, totally love the, the, uh, the, the solution. I think it's, uh, super helpful. And for our audience, maybe that's not, uh, fully aware of what you all do, maybe just talk a little bit about what you do, who you serve and, and how it helps. Yeah. So as you mentioned, we used to be known as social survey. And at the beginning of this year, we uh, did a brand change to experience.com. That was partly why I came over to the company it was because of all of the evolution of the company that was happening. Um, but as a social survey, we were known for brand reputation. So we helped you build reviews and we, we were born out of mortgage. So we do it in a hierarchy. We understand the, the industry of over 250 customers at this point, maybe 300 um, in mortgage and banking. But we have really been known for generating reviews, the post-close survey, all that kind of stuff. But now with experience.com, and we have a new version of our platform that we've just rolled out, we have the ability to survey customers and employees at multiple touch points. So any of the moments that you interact with your customer or employee that matter to you, we collect that feedback, help you analyze and decide what to do with that feedback and all through automation. So it might be in the middle of the process, when someone finishes an application or just a mid-process survey, survey check-in, see how they're doing. Uh, for me, who I, I just bought a home not that long ago, and I left a lender in the middle of the process because I was like, this sucks here, you know, and if they'd surveyed me, maybe they'd find out why it sucked and, and find out how to change it in the future and, uh, or have caught me before I left, you know, so that, that type of stuff I'm really excited about with the new platform. Um, but we're also able to work with retail banks and, um, wealth management, different areas of a bank or, um, wholesale servicing different divisions of a mortgage company now, um, all with, again, that idea of identifying, like collecting feedback, and then either we can pass it to generate reviews, do a workflow around that or escalate complaints or, or do other things with the data. Like we have a new ability now to 
um, analyze the data across demographics. So we'll look at all of your reviews or survey feedback and identify, right, on average, you might be getting a 4.5 stars, you know, across everyone, but in the single female demographic or Latino population, you're getting a lower score. So yeah. why is that? And, and, you know, I think that gets into some really exciting stuff for customer experience and employee experience overall. Yeah, that's it. That, and hearing you kind of explain it in detail, I, my mind's racing back to my lender days. And I'm just, I'm, I love the concept of this kind of um, perpetual survey, right? Mm -hmm. um, too often, you know, it's too often people just do the post close single survey and they probably get a lot of false positives, frankly, from that because people are coming off this emotional high of, buying a home typically, right? And they're feeling good about it, even though the process could have, could have been maybe sucked early on. Getting to that closing, getting the keys, it's a typically a, a, a happy emotional event. And if you're surveying right off of the heels of that, you're probably gonna get a score that's not necessarily indicative of the entire experience. And you guys now can get real surgical for a lender and just dive into those problem areas. And they still may get a, you know, 8.9 overall, but, you know, your disclosure process at the very onset is terrible and it's, you know, it's, it's costing you. So is that yeah. what you guys are seeing as you just you yes. drill into that detail? And I, I mean, post-close surveys are not listening to your customer. That's, right. that's not CX, you know, that that's brand reputation and, and that's important, but it's one piece of a puzzle and it's not a big piece of CX. We, when you're really wanting to listen to your customer, you want to survey them after every interaction that you have with them, you know, and be collecting feedback all along the way when, with employees, you should collect feedback right after you interview them right after they're hired at six months into the hiring, you know, so really listening at every step of the way. As you know, I was having problems with my Wi-Fi today and I had <laughs> called, um, called the company earlier today. And as soon as we were off the phone, I was like, they better survey me because <laughs> you know, yeah. I want, I want to give my feedback. And it, even if it makes me feel better as a consumer, just to provide the feedback, even if nothing happens with it, right. it's, it makes us feel better because we're empowered. We, we know our voices were heard. We want to be contributing. We, we really want to make yeah. everyone better by giving our feedback. It's not, you know, so I think it's a really valuable thing to have in place, no matter what type of company or, or moments you're having. So based on what you described, which is kind of this, you know, I uh, call it this perpetual survey, it feels like there needs to be a, a pretty tight integration with experience.com, uh, at least at a minimum with the, the, the piece of tech that's communicating with the consumer through the process. Is that typically inside the POS? Is that where you see most of that connection happen? We actually usually do it through the LOS. So um, we have a, a really great integration with Encompass and we integrate with a, a lot of other LOSs as well. Um, we also can do just an SFTP type of upload, but we also integrate with Salesforce and um, have had some instances around, you know, going through the CRM, yeah. but yeah, primarily in mortgage it's, and banking, it's been through the LOS. Okay. Makes sense. So yeah, you're triggering off of, uh, statuses, milestones, et cetera. And that's, yeah. that's queuing the, the, the survey at that point. Yeah, definitely. Um, so the, the pivot for social survey to experience.com, 
and, and then this massive pivot really from a product perspective, right? This, you, you guys are, I'm learning new things that you're doing, which is pretty cool. I think uh, we're, uh, we're going to figure out a way for our, our products in tech to, to work together um, to the benefit of lenders. But I think there's a massive benefit for Finlocker as a product ourselves to learn about the user feedback through the experience. I'm excited about that. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how are lenders uh, adapting to the feedback now, right? You, you guys are able to provide a ton of data and it could be overwhelming. Do you also kind of come in and wrap around some, some consultancy to advise them on how to, how to read out the data and then how to create action plans to address? Yeah. So that's actually a really interesting problem and cool that you picked up on that right away. We, I, I think that we, um, I think it's amazing if a company has a BI tool already, cause we can integrate with your Domo or Tableau or, you know, power BI, something around that to be able to illustrate that data and give you, you know, meaningful results or reporting. But I also definitely think that we should um, provide more of a consultancy. We have amazing customer success team members that are all you know, assigned to each account. We have account executives assigned to every single account. So we have a really incredible support team. But I think there's a lot more to your point um, around kind of strategizing overall. And so while they're doing that, I think that, um, I mean, for myself, having 10 plus years in the mortgage industry and and really focused on CX consulting. Brittany Hodak works with our company, same, um, you know, really extensive background in CX. And of course, Scott Harris, our CEO, there's a lot of people, uh, Jessica Kriegel just joined and is, has extensive experience on the EX side. So we have a lot of people that are now providing more of that consultative um, feedback, but I think that we are going, we're all speaking and, um, and doing a lot in the industry, but um, I think that we'll continue to shape more of our professional services around that as well. Yeah. It makes it's It's just a logical extension of the data, right. And, mm-hmm. and to your point, you've got, you guys have amassed this wonderful set of talent and experience and you, you should, your customers should benefit from that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's really exciting. I mean, I was just on a call where we're mapping out our CX journeys and um, voice of employees, a new program that we're rolling out where we already do the employee feedback, but we've got a specific program that is going to be brand new or just piloting. And um, all of this is from everyone contributing and I, and, and also from what we hear in the market. So it's right. speaking of feedback, you know, it's, we've built everything based on feedback from our customers as well. So it's a really yeah. cool cycle. Yeah, you got to eat, eat your own dog food, as they say, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so h- how long have you been there now, Kristen? Uh, I cannot believe it's only been nine months. Yeah. So, yeah. Now, so what, um, yeah, what now is what, what are some of the things that are that surprised you and 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 both, you know, like in a good way and then in a not so good way that you, you'd like to share? or not. (laughs) And and by the way, uh, if this was a live, if we were live, uh, going back about five minutes when you talked about the lender that you fired in the middle of the process, Uh yeah. um, imagine all the comments and questions wanting to know who (laughs) that lender was. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I know. I love that. Actually. I try to bring that up often. (laughs) Like, let me tell you, because I want to have my voice heard here. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, the things that, um, 
I think our, I mean, so much has changed in nine months within our company. We went from social survey to experience.com. We adopted a new platform. We hired a lot of new people. And um, so there's, there's so much that's been happening. I think change management has been a huge part of my learning um, and just in, and, you know, learning how to lead in a startup at this level um, has really been a very, very big learning experience for me. So I think some of the, the highlights are, I, I mean, for one, I went from at cultural outreach, I worked really hard, but it was a very different type of work, you know, like it was just, um, yeah, I, I moved straight over from there. I literally like signed the closed deal and started at experience.com or social survey at the time the next week. And, um, it's just been nonstop just rolling, yeah. you know, really fast. So I think for me, learning how to work in that kind of fast paced environment in a much larger team. I mean, I had a team of like five at cultural outreach and now we've got so many different team members and, and that's where it's funny. I said nine months and I realized like, Oh, I do feel like I am now everything's kind of come together. The baby's like, you know, being born, but I, um, because I, I feel like we've got really good alignment across our departments and, um, and that's a kind of leadership that I hadn't learned before is like, you know, making sure that I was thinking regularly with marketing and our BDRs and our product team and these different program leaders and, and then each of the AEs and how to, um, provide the kind of support that each of them need. And so that's been a, a real journey and, um, all of the, in the midst of all of this, that product change from the version one of the platform to the new one was really challenging. And so yeah. I think, you know, everyone felt it, even on the sales team being so far from, um, you know, it's not that far, but far from product, we, everyone was like really putting in a lot of extra effort around that brand and product change. And, uh, there are a lot of unforeseen barriers and challenges. And, um, now almost all of those are gone and we're finally like, you see the light, you know, and you're like, yeah. Oh, okay. This is all for good reason. I remember now why we did this and it's, <laughs> it's all good. But yeah, so th- those are some of the challenges that came with that too. And I, I, I assume, and I haven't heard otherwise, but I assume from a market perspective, uh, it's been pretty positive, both the, the brand pivot, but also the product pivot. Is that fair to say? That's a surprising challenge that I did not expect was that people don't know who experience.com is, you know? Right. So I, I think I was telling you that at an event I saw you, I realized in people kept saying like, Oh yeah, no, we don't want to use you. We already use social survey. And I'm like, yeah. no, we are social <laughs> survey. Oh no. <laughs> Made yeah. me realize like, Oh gosh. So we've got our marketing team preparing to have swag that says experience.com formerly social survey for our next events. Cause uh, yeah, yeah, that's been a real challenge, <laughs> but yeah, very positive overall. Yeah. And, and it, it's amazing that uh, our industry is probably like this in any other industry, especially at large events like that. It's not like you guys did this under cloak and dagger. It was, you know, there was a lot of uh, forward leaning press and, and, and marketing and, but it just goes to show how people just get in their little own, their yeah. own tunnel and they just, they don't see outside the blinders, which is amazing. 
Well, me too, though. You know, I mean, I was in my little hole of like, we became experience.com. That's all I see or think about or talk yeah. about, you know, and, yeah. and then I meet people and I'm like, what? How did you not know? <laughs> but like, yeah. okay, yeah, we're in two different worlds. That's the whole thing. <laughs> Crazy. So, yeah. So we got, we got a few minutes left. I, I want to kind of just have an open-ended question in terms of your experience, um, both prior to experience.com and of course, over the last nine months, you see and, and get to interact with a lot of different lenders of different sizes, different models. What, what's like the trend, if, if there is a trend happening right now that you see in mortgage lending, um, whether it's you know, market, a marketing trend or a, a, a consumer segment trend, is there anything that stands out to you that you're, you think is kind of on that cutting edge right now? Mm, that's a great question. And I, I hate that I don't know that right now. Like, I think I could make some guesses based on the conversations I've been having, but this is where I have really desperately missed events and live interactions. You know, like yeah. our calls are very focused on anything related to what we're, you know, what we're talking about. So I can share some of that, but otherwise I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing everyone that is going to be at the events over the next few weeks and, um, to hopefully get more insight into that. But I do think, um, one trend that I've seen is a increase in value for social media and video. Yeah. I mean, yep. that is obvious, but just worth saying, like, I think, you know, a lot of the rules that companies previously had around social media have been, uh, loosened up a bit and, yeah. Um, and there's better guidelines around that and better tools and content that companies are sharing. So um, I think that's one area. I think there's a lot of lot in the wholesale channel as well um, that's happening around providing brokers with the resources that they need yeah. um, from the wholesale lenders. So that's been interesting. Um, and then, you know, a lot in automation, just in general, marketing automation. And, um, but there's a lot of tools in that space too. So yeah. Um, including both of ours, I guess, but, um, but yeah, what are you seeing? Anything in particular? Uh, Yeah. In my, my view of things right now, maybe slightly, you know, biased because of just the nature of the product that we have, but uh, our engagements and, and, you know, some of the, you know, I've been to two conferences here in the last uh, 30 days. And so there's, there's definitely a, from my perspective, I see a focus on, getting up the funnel, further up the funnel earlier in a consumer's journey. Um, I don't know what all those answers are yet, how to do that, but people are, especially the, the forward-leaning lenders that we're talking to, understand you know, who the market leaders are in mortgage, right? You don't have to go too far from where I live in Detroit to figure out <laughs> who they are. Um, and how do I, as a lender, an independent mortgage banker, stay relevant and get in the, get up the funnel far enough where I can beat some of these other, you know, billion dollar in marketing and advertising platforms. So there's, from our perspective, we see this, this desire to get up the funnel and engage consumers much earlier in their, their home ownership journey. Um, there's uh, a fascinating uh, trend towards just deep, digging deeper into consumer data and understanding what consumers' needs are from their data, right? And they create data all over the place. But um, so there's a lot of, uh, lot of people focused on that. And again, I don't know what the final answers are, but it's, I think the next 
two to three years, we're going to see some some cool things come out of some of these forward-leaning lenders who are, A, trying to engage consumers much earlier in the process and build a trusting, valued relationship, and then hope, hopefully that pays off in the form of a transaction for the lender and, and maybe a long-term relationship. But then, uh, and this is where we started with, with your definition on fintech, is helping consumers be more empowered with their own data and, and give them tools to use that, that leverage their data instead of their data being leveraged against them by somebody else. Yes, totally. Um, I, I want to add to that because I, I love that you brought up the consumer data piece, not just because we focus in that area, but we, it, it has been really interesting because of just a few years ago, people were only thinking about their outward brand. And so, you know, do you have a review automation system? Do you, that type of stuff? Now it's like, do you collect customer feedback? And is that something yeah. that you're analyzing, you know, and, and really listening to that? Um, but I think what is also interesting is one thing over the last year I've been hearing in terms of um, when people hire me for webinars or events, um, the topics that they're asking for, I am loving because I have one topic that's on the psychology of money and it's like understanding, you know, next-gen home buyers, um, but also how we relate to money and financial decisions. And that psychology piece has been requested many times lately. And so I'm really excited because that means that people actually are thinking like, okay, I need to understand what my consumers are thinking, what my borrowers are thinking, what my employees are thinking. And, um, and that that's building empathy. And, yeah. um, and I think it, you know, it's a, it's a really interesting place to be in. And I also think, and hope that we're coming to a place where we're understanding that consumers still need to build a lot. There's a huge trust gap. I mean, yeah. we're about to release a next gen home buyer report that we did a bunch of you know research on next gen home buyers, and they do not trust lenders or banks, financial institutions, and we need to fill that gap. But in order to do that, you have to build the empathy with the customer. So. Um, I think that we're, we're getting closer to that and, and focusing on understanding the customer is really key. Yeah, that's, I love all that. I can't wait for that report. Some of the work you've done over the years uh, in that area, is, is, it's super helpful for our industry and I applaud uh, your efforts in that, that space specifically. So let's, uh, let's wrap it up here with a, with a last question. And this one's just kind of more... Uh, for the audience that doesn't already know Kristen, just to get to know you a little better, a little bit better, what do you like to do when you're not, uh, you know, running on this uh, crazy mortgage treadmill? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a it's a really long treadmill right now, but I think. <laughs> Um, I love climbing and that's actually something that is a brand new hobby to me. I started it when COVID hit last year and, or I, I've climbed in gyms before, but I went on outdoor trips and I, I love it so much. If anyone is interested, I mean the out, outdoor climbing in particular, because you, my first climb, I actually cried after, not out of fear, just like I was just so emotional because it was yeah. so, so ecstatic. But it also was, um, I think, what led me to decide to sell my business because I, I just I have all these realizations around like, oh, if I shift my weight and I'm just looking for that next thing to climb to, you know, like you you have to move up, whatever. But it's um, I I find it very rewarding. So I'm I going to another climbing class tonight. So. Awesome. Well, in, enjoy. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm more of an escalator guy myself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, 
<laughs> I don't. Um, I don't have. My fingers aren't strong enough to 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 grip and hold the, on the climb. So, but that's awesome. That's cool. And yeah. you can climb anywhere, right? There's pretty much every place you go. There's there's some somewhere you can you can climb. That's, that's true. I yeah, exactly. So fun. Well, Kristen, this I has been like, a. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say, I would like, I'm discovering climbers all over the industry and you know how they have like the ski club or whatever. Yeah. For, um, I want to start a climbing one. So yeah, everyone listening, let me know. There you go. <laughs> Drop her a note. Well, this has been a blast as always. Thanks for, uh, thanks for joining me. Um, obviously if uh, folks want to learn more about experience.com, they can go to experience.com. Imagine that. <laughs> uh, I'm sure they can hit you up on LinkedIn. Uh, but uh, thank you again for joining. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me and for all that you're doing. Thank you.